Today on part three of our series with Dr. Angela Turnow, we share on topics that we should consider that may slip through the cracks, such as the hidden costs of bladder leakage and how to save on them. Also, we dive into the mind-body connection and how it can be used as a tool to help you find relief. Finally, we discuss how active women can find relief to continue to do the things they love to do. Welcome to the Wellness Essentials Podcast, where we invite you to join the conversation and get inspired to be in the driver's seat of your health and well-being. On this podcast, you'll get an all-access pass inside the minds of MDs, experts, and thought leaders in the industry. No topic is off limits, and we're asking the questions to get you the answers across the gamut of topics when it comes to optimizing your health. This is the WE Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to part three of this incredible series where we're doing a deep dive into bladder leakage, the pelvic floor health, and everything that comes along with that with our incredible guest, Angela. And last week, we talked a lot about what is the reality of the pelvic floor and the myths of leakage as being our reality and knowing that this really isn't our reality. So Angela, do you want to kind of recap what we talked about last week? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of women, moms, um, think that bladder leakage is normal, that it's just part of motherhood or, you know, getting older, something they have to live with, you know, and in my clinic, I do sometimes work in a clinic still, um, but my online business is really like where I thrive with the bladder leak solution. But the beauty of that is that I've been able to kind of like research (laughs) with people in clinic. And what I find a lot is if I ask if everything is normal, the answer is yes. And then when I ask more about that and I'm like, okay, well, what is normal? What do you think is normal? Do you leak when you sneeze, cough, laugh, run, jump? And the answer is typically always yes obvious like yeah it's just normal okay well that's not normal <laughs> so you know if that's something that you want to fix then we can talk about that yeah that was such an insightful episode and if you guys haven't tuned into part two or even part one definitely check those out because they they kind of are leading up to this third part this conclusion here final episode where we're going to be diving into things that may slip through the cracks that we don't know about the pelvic floor health and bladder leakage. So let's do high level. What are some of these things that we aren't maybe recognizing with that? So I think part of this too is looking at how you're approaching fixing it. You know, just, I think we kind of talked about this in part one and part two, but I'm just going to do a high level overview of that, which is, you know, Kegels typically won't fix it. There's other things like I've seen a pelvic floor throne. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but basically it's like this fancy chair that you can go and sit on. I think it costs something like two or $300 per session. You sit on it, it like stimulates your pelvic floor and somehow that's supposed to fix it. And, you know, you're not having your issues when you're sitting. You're probably not having your issues when you're laying on your back doing Kegels. It's like when you're up and moving and jumping and moving too quick, right? I hear that a lot. If I move too quick, I'll leak. Um, And so it's looking at 
the dynamicness of your body. And it's not just one muscle at play. It's how all of them work together. And so that's why, you know, Kegels typically won't work. That's why bladder sling surgery typically won't work. It'll work for a short time, but unless you get therapy after that, unless you get really specific direction on how to prevent it from coming back, it probably will because it's more or less just a Band-Aid to kind of hold things up. And in fact, bladder sling surgery has a 58% fail rate. So what you really need to do is get somebody specialized in pre or postpartum or, you know, the pelvic floor and so that they can really direct you on what you need to fix it because that's just it. You can't just put a Band-Aid on it. If your ceiling were leaking, you wouldn't just, you know, put tape over top of it. You need to get in there, figure out why you're leaking, why your ceiling is dripping in the first place, and that's how you're going to fix bladder leakage. And as far as what are the things that are overlooked? Okay, well, <laughs> your pelvic floor sits inside of your pelvis, right? These are the muscles that you sit on, and they are every bit as important as your abdominal muscles. They're every bit as important as your hip muscles, your butt muscles on the outside. And so if those things are not working together, then there are going to be big issues. And you know we can talk about that because I think a lot of people do overlook that. So one in three women report pelvic floor symptoms as a major barrier to exercise. That means that those women typically aren't working out. They're not being active. And then if you think about all of the subsequent issues with that or all the subsequent things that can happen because of not living an active lifestyle, increased risk of cardiovascular disease, higher blood pressure, depression, anxiety, osteoporosis, when you get older, weight gain, right? And so when you go to your doctor, typically if you're overweight, what are the recommendations? Lose weight, be active. Right. Diet and Mm -hmm. exercise, right? Mm -hmm. But if you go back to, well, sometimes I'll ask people, you know, I know that I need to lose weight. I know that I, I used to be active and I kind of ask them, I'm like, well, why did you stop? Like, why did you stop being active? And some of them, they're like, well, I was leaking, you know, and some people don't put that together because it's been so long. But if you're uncomfortable when you're working out, like, why would you want to, like, why would you want, you know, if you're uncomfortable doing that? So looking at, you know, bladder leakage as a barrier to exercise and then why do we need exercise? Well, we need exercise so that we are healthy in every aspect of our life, every aspect of our life, you know, Um, not working out increases your risk of stroke. You have sleep problems if you're not active, brain fog, fatigue, you can have more pain, right? And that's not just from not working out, but also because your muscles are not working well together, right? I talked about people know that they should have strong abs or do like ab workouts to have a strong core. Well, your pelvic floor, we talked about this in episode one, that's the base of your core. And so if you're not considering your pelvic floor, when you're doing ab workouts, they might not be effective for you. And in fact, they might be making your abdominal separation, your belly actually get bigger because you're not managing your pressure well. And, you know, that is exactly what I work with my clients on is making sure that they're doing I'm a big fan of working smarter, not harder. Like it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to work out for hours to get results. So if you're not using your body effectively, again, if we're talking about leaking, you know, but really it's like, if you're not working out, your muscles aren't working well together, the hips, the butt muscles, the abs, the pelvic floor, 
You're going to have things like back pain and hip pain. Mm -hmm. And then you go to this doctor and that doctor and this specialist for your back or hip pain, which may or may not get better. And then maybe you try physical therapy, but it didn't work. But maybe it didn't work because you didn't actually think about the core, the root problem, which could be the pelvic floor. This is so true. And it's kind of becomes like a cyclical, like it becomes, you know, one thing affects the other and then it goes back and forth and then other things come into play. And reality, it all started from that fear of leakage during physical activity or moving your body, your core, your your muscles, all parts of your core, including your pelvic floor muscles become weaker. And then the problem persists. And then instead of you know, working on, okay, how do we make those muscles specifically stronger or work together better? Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, that's like where the aha moment is. Like that is something that I would never really associate. Like it's like I'm doing my Kegels, I'm doing my abs, I'm doing like what I think is right, but I'm missing something. And it's that whole base of that pelvic floor for sure. Yeah. And then as you get weaker, because you're not being active, as you get weaker, which I mean, as you get older, like it, you do lose muscle mass anyways, right? Even despite your best efforts. And so if you're not being active, then you're getting weaker. Things are getting harder to do. So you're having to do things like hold your breath, bear down, strain, which increases your risk of an abdominal hernia, increases your risk of a disc herniation. So back, a back injury and increases your risk of pelvic organ prolapse which is very, very uncomfortable. And, you know, I do help clients with it, but at some point it's like, you don't want prolapse. <laughs> like you, I can help people with it, but it's definitely something if you can, you want to avoid. And so you want to be strong in the right way, making sure that you're using your body efficiently. And even if you are, so maybe you're in this boat, maybe you're like, well, I'm leaking a little bit, but I'm continuing to work out. Like I'm just going to push forward. I'm going to move on despite the fact that I am leaking. I'll just wear pads. Well, your body is telling you there is a breakdown. So that will only get worse. And you're opening yourself up to injury because basically the leaking is just telling you that, you know, things are not coordinated together, which makes other parts of you work harder. So now maybe you're going to have knee issues or IT band syndrome or, sciatica or discomfort when you're sitting or, or pelvic heaviness or back pain, you know, so you can't just bulldoze yourself forward thinking like, I'm just going to continue to work out and just wear pads because you really still need to figure out why it's happening. And it might, it's really very simple, like get your body to work efficiently and then you can do whatever exercises you want. It's not about like this one exercise is going to fix you. It's looking at how you're doing the exercise. Yeah. It's like kind of getting back to the basics, like the fundamentals of the movement that we want to be producing in our bodies with each exercise. And, you know, this is really intriguing too, because I've taken some different yoga practices that talk de on a, this deeper level about how are we moving our bodies and how is that relating to what are we feeling in our bodies? And like our bodies talk to us and What's been kind of ingrained in us over the years is to throw a Band-Aid on it, whether it be a pad or, or something or a pill or whatever. We're kind of told just throw something over it and keep going. Like, especially as moms, we're like, we need to just be able to keep our kids alive. And in turn, we kind of let ourselves down, like let ourselves go in a way and let things go for so long without addressing them. 
Well, and how powerful is it if you take care of yourself and it does not need to take more time because the strategies that I teach my clients are very, very simple to fit into your day. It's like, okay, you're going to empty the dishwasher. Let's talk about how you can make that work for you. You're going to stand cooking in the kitchen. Let's talk about how we can make that work for you. So you are kind of rehabbing your body with these day-to-day things. You're going to lift your child and put your child in the car seat. Like that's kind of like doing a kettlebell swing, (laughs) you know? So let's make that work for you and teach you the strategies so that you know how to work the most efficient way. And you can be strong so that you can continue doing the, the things that you love. And when your children see you being active and taking care of yourself, the ripple effect of that for your kids and for your, you know, if you're married for your, for your marriage, the other thing that comes with bladder leakage is if you are not feeling confident in yourself, that is going to exude, you know, in other areas of your life for better or worse. Like if you're not confident in yourself, you're going to have, you know, maybe you're having poor stress management strategies because you maybe have lost a piece of yourself or you don't feel like yourself anymore. And then if you're not sleeping, there's like the brain fog and the fatigue and how strong are you going to be able to show up for your family when you're feeling that way? Oh, so you said it so well. Like it's, it's not just about the one problem. It's the whole, the holistic approach. Like how is this affecting our bodies? as a whole, again, sleep's affected, workouts affected. We're harboring fear because of it in a lot of ways. And and that's like another thing that kind of brings me into like my next question. You know, we talk about this on a holistic level. Can you go into how can active women, how do they find relief? How can they get back to those activities through what you're teaching? You're going to be teaching the fundamentals, teaching us how to get back to ourselves again. That's a difficult question because it is so unique to the person in front of me. So for example, I could have, and I have done this many, many times, like I have one exercise. I mean, I have lots of exercises, right? But one particular exercise, I might give it to you for this specific thing that we're focusing on. And then I give the same exercise to somebody else and we're focusing on a different aspect of it. So. I really tailor the exercise and the need for what you need because that's where the power comes in and that's where it can be very simple to fix is if you are getting that specific direction. But if you're just following a generic program or you're just looking up videos on YouTube or going to um, a workout class that's kind of intended for people that are at their highest level functioning correctly, then that may or may not work for you. It's kind of like, you know, after somebody has an ACL surgery, maybe they wait six weeks and then would the surgeon just tell them, okay, go back running. No, no, there's a lot more to it. (laughs) There's so much more to it. Right. (laughs) And if that person did not get direction, specific direction on what they need, if they just like eased back into running and they're like, okay, I'll run one mile, two miles, three miles, that surgery might fail <laughs> or they might have other things like maybe their other knee will hurt or their hip or their foot or whatever, right? Plantar fasciitis, like just different things would probably pop up. And so it might not happen right away. Like initially it might be more or less fine, but later 
there's probably going to be issues. And that really is no different for moms because having a baby, (laughs) any way you get that baby out, (laughs) it's a major deal for your body. And looking at pregnancy, all of the changes that happened to make room for that baby. And so every person, every birth story is different. And so it's looking at what you need. And again, you wait that six weeks and your doctor's probably like, okay, you're good. Green light, go exercise, listen to your body. But if you don't know what to listen for, then that can make that tricky. And if you don't get specific direction on how you should be rehabbing, then that can also be tricky. That's such a good point. You know, it's like, you know, earlier I'd mentioned like tuning into our bodies, but we also, yes, understanding the language our bodies are telling us that's where people like you come in who can help us find those answers. Cause like a a lot of times, you know, on our journeys, it's like, we get this information bit by bit, like, okay, my body's telling me this. Now I understand that. But if we haven't tuned into our bodies before and all now we just are like having this leakage, it's like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Next step would be see my primary care. And then they tell me this is just part of life. So this is like a really great nugget of advice for ladies listening. You guys, this is like liquid gold. I'm learning so much from this podcast too. Actually brings me into my next topic is, you know, we talk about the things that we, we could end up going down a rabbit hole and spending a lot of money unnecessarily, whether it be surgeries or, or even just pads, products. Can you talk about some of the hidden costs that we're, we're getting into with this? Yes, absolutely. So if you don't know what to look for, you might be putting too much emphasis on something that doesn't matter. So I've seen this with some pre, well, current graduating clients, actually, it's exciting. All my clients have awesome success. So, but she was trying to fix it herself and, you know, doing these, uh, like public floor rehab type courses or programs, but putting too much emphasis on things that she didn't need to. And so then it would kind of almost slow her down because if she didn't get that one thing, then she didn't want to move forward or she kind of felt paralyzed because she couldn't master this one movement. And so looking at it at a different way, I was able to really help her get over that hurdle. And now she's back running, right? She's back running. She's, you know, living her best life. So looking at the hidden costs, it's like you can spend all this money on programs, on products and products. So on average, women spend $1,400 a year on pads. That's a lot of money. Wow. That is a lot of money. In one year. Yeah. I could think of so many other things I want to spend that money on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then you look at, I talked about, you know, low confidence, then maybe it's not sleeping great because you're not as active. So now you have more things like brain fog, fatigue. So what things would you maybe spend your money on with brain fog and fatigue? Caffeine, things to boost your energy, like medications, you know, so, or maybe because you don't feel good in your body, your body just feels sluggish, or you just feel tight and achy. And I mean, really, when your body, when your muscles are not working right, you're probably going to feel tight. Like your hips are going to feel tight. You have more back pain. And so then maybe you go to the chiropractor or the massage therapist, you know, and so you're spending money on that. And there is a difference between I need to go to the chiropractor because I cannot live without that versus 
I go because it feels good. Right. And if you're going because it feels good, you know, once a month or whatever, like, okay, but I never want people to feel like they have to go because you don't feel because you literally can't function without that. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. It kind of, again, becomes a bandaid in a way. You know, I, I had interviewed someone in the past too that talked about the very same thing, their PT. And they had mentioned, you know, I don't want you to have to come see me a whole bunch. I want you to come see me, get what you need, and then move on with your life. Like graduating, like you said, you're graduating your your clients rather than, okay, I'm going to have to go see you. Not that I don't want to come see you, but I would have to go and invest for the rest of my life. But no, you're giving people the tools to use in their life now and heal. Exactly. And it's very specific to how you want to live your lifestyle, right? Like, I just talked about previously, you know, using day-to-day tasks for your rehab. But then if you want to get back running, okay, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about how we can get you there. What specific steps do you need? And if things come up in the future, because I'm not, you know, things come up, like maybe you have a little setback, but let's teach you how to move through that faster so that you don't need me in the future. So that you know how to rehab yourself. You know the things to preface and some of the things that you can do. And that's the thing that I teach people is how to manage your own aches and pains. Not that you're going to have them, but you might. And, you know, when those might come up, we talk about when those might come up and how to move through that faster. Mm. And so, you know, some of the other things that you might spend money on too is like, if you have back pain, you might think I need new shoes or I need a new bed or, you know. All these different things that people kind of latch on to is like, I need this thing. This is the one thing. This is the thing that will help me, right? And it's like, if you don't take care of your body mm-hmm. and you can't just, it's not just about exercising, it's about moving in a way that is safe and effective and so that your muscles are working the way that they were intended so that you don't have issues later. That's incredible. I think that, again, it's like, coming back to that simplified approach, like using our own bodies to our advantage, teaching our bodies how to work, how to move and efficiently heal themselves in a way. And I think that's really huge. And I, I kind of want to dive into kind of the PS to resistance. I totally butchered that, but you know what I mean? The kind of like the uh, cherry on the top of what you do, which is something that I love this topic, the mind body connection. And we've touched on it throughout this three-part series. And I really want to share how your program is different because of the integration of this holistic mind-body approach. I love this saying. One of my coaches has really ingrained this in me, but take care of your body and your brain will thank you. Take care of your brain and your body will thank you. Beautiful. So it's how the two work together. And so what I want you to do right now, I just want to use, I want to do this little, um, this little experiment. I want you to take a big breath. Anybody listening, take a really big breath right now. Big breath, take a big breath. So if when you took your big breath, it went up into your chest and shoulders, if that's how you took your big breath, then that is going to put you into that sympathetic nervous system. That's your fight or flight. That's going to release cortisol. That's going to, you know, if a tiger is chasing you, that is a good thing because it's going to ramp you up. Okay. But in day-to-day life, there are no tigers, but our bodies do not know that. So if you get stressed 
answering emails or the kids are, you know, pulling at you or you're home from work and you're trying to cook dinner, get laundry, you know, get the snacks or the TV or like take (laughs) whatever the umpteen things you're trying to do at one time, right? If you are in that heightened state, it's going to impact your body. It's going to create more tension throughout your muscles and throughout your pelvic floor because your pelvic floor is your guard dog. And there was a study done that when women walk down dark alleys, it's that those negative emotions, right? The anxiety, the worry, maybe not overwhelmed, but those negative emotions in this study, women's pelvic floors were more tense. That makes sense. It's like almost like you're protecting yourself. You're, you're tensing. I, I noticed too, like I lift up, I stress, I stress. And then that just like channels that stress. And if you're a jaw clencher, you're typically a pelvic floor clencher because it's the two ends of the system. And so learning how to regulate your nervous system, that's really what we're talking about here, learning how to regulate your nervous system and calm down um, so that you can live in more of an equilibrium state and your body can work more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Another example of this is if a car is going to hit you, this is kind of an extreme, but if a car is going to hit you, you gasp up. Mm-hmm. That is a response that is ingrained in you. That is ramping you up for, you know, fight or flight, like get ready kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But if you can recognize that, And then use that, not like in that particular situation, but in life, you can use your breathing as a backdoor into your mental health and into helping your body. But it's not just about, you know, I have clients that'll say, yeah, I do breath work. I I know what you're talking about. And oftentimes they don't, they don't know how I'm explaining it. Okay. And so the way that I use breath work is with exercise and very, I'm looking at the mechanics of how you're breathing. And so, for example, if you're thinking of breath work as I breathe in for three and I exhale for this count or, you know, like a counted type of a breathing, that's kind of like a running program where you you run for three miles and then on this day you run for four miles type of a thing. Okay. But what I'm talking about is the mechanics of how you're breathing, kind of like the mechanics of how you're running. And so, again, your pelvic floor is the base of your core. And on episode one, I talked about how your core, I think I mentioned this anyways, that your core is like a balloon and the bottom of your core, the bottom of your balloon is your pelvic floor. The top is your respiratory diaphragm and the surrounding sides are your deep abdominal muscles. And so if your balloon is contorted because of tightnesses or muscle weakness or positioning, and that comes from pregnancy and that comes from not rehabbing postpartum in the right way, you literally can't breathe the correct way. And it is a good design that you can breathe lots of ways. Like that is a really good design because we need to breathe to live, right? But if you are not positioning yourself, what I say, breathe into your pelvis. If you're not doing that, then you're really setting yourself up for issues later. And it's not belly breathing. What I'm talking about is not belly breathing. It's breathing with the entire diaphragm, breathing with your pelvic floor in a way that most people, when they are doing this, they'll say, wow, my abs hurt. My abs are like working. And I'm like, well, yeah, when you do it the right way. I'm just so intrigued with this. I'm so fascinated by this because it's, again, something that is simple yet untalked about. And 
this is another reason, you know, ladies, like this is something to, isn't this like simplicity? Honestly, what we want more of in life is the simple approaches, like not overcomplicating things. Like let's, let's take a look at these simple body ways and just tweaking them to work more efficiently. Yeah. Looking at, are you breathing through your nose or your mouth? Just such simple things. And it's so true because like I just think about in times in my life because like I know you and I talked previously before recording and I talked about a little bit of, you know, where I'm finding these tensions. And now I've been kind of focusing on like when I'm working out, how am I breathing or how am I breathing when I'm sitting in my computer? And which is honestly, I think where my struggle is more personally, but that's like just even being aware of that and like seeing, am I tensing up? Am I doing shallow breath? Why do I feel anxiety all of a sudden? Could I be coming into a parasympathetic state just because of how I'm breathing and how I'm functioning during certain things that we do in the day that seem kind of autopilot, but like really tuning into those moments? That's really smart. I like learned a ton just from you sharing that with me. Yeah. I mean, so, and it's looking at positioning and, you know, how you're able to again, make sure that you're using, coordinating your muscles, right? And that efficiency. So using your breathing is a huge piece of it, but then also knowing like, how are you moving through your hips? Are you moving through your pelvis? Are you moving through your spine? What What's your foot pressure? You know, so I'm looking at all of these, these different things. And here's another little fun test I'm going to have you, you guys do just because I use foot pressure a ton with my clients and it's very, very effective. I'm not going to go into the foot pressure thing because that's going to be for people that want to work with me. But what I'm going to have you do in front right now is put your hands out in front of you. Okay. And so you're, you're kind of clasping your hands and what I want you to do is push through your thumbs. So you're going to kind of have your arms out in front of you and push more through your thumbs. So your thumbs are kind of on the same side. You're going to push them together. And I want you to feel what muscles you feel at your shoulders. You maybe feel maybe your chest, feel your chest working mm-hmm. in the front of your chest. Yeah. Okay. Now I want you to shake it out, shake it out, arms down, open up your arms. Okay. Shake it out a little bit. All right. Now you're going to put your arms back exactly where they were. And this time you're going to push more through your pinkies, push more through the outside of your hands, through your pinkies for a few seconds. And now what do you feel? More the backside of your shoulders? Mm-hmm. Feel it right in here. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So your hands are kind of like your feet. When you change the different pressure on your feet, it changes the muscles you use at your hips. And so I will often look at people's feet when they're doing squats and I will, it will give me a lot of insight into what muscles you are using at your hips. Do your toes come up? Do you roll to the outside? Do your feet collapse in? Do you, you know, any of those different things. And so I'm not saying it's easy, but this is very insightful information because then when you're out, so <laughs> this weekend we have a lake lot and we were clearing, I was like, I don't know, Paul Bunyan, what's his wife's name? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Paul Bunyan's wife. Like I was like pulling these trees, like down trees out from the woods. Our neighbors came over. They're like, man, she is strong. I'm like, yeah, I'm just pulling this big tree out, you know? And (laughs) it was pulled like three. Um, But when I was doing that, one, 
because I did it for hours, like we did this for hours and my left SI was starting to kind of bug me. But then I just got curious and I did a little bit of different foot pressure and it went away. Wow. Yeah. You shifted which muscles were engaged. Exactly. And that is what I teach my clients. So versus being, you know, hung up for the next couple of days, feeling stiff and sore and like, Oh, I have to get to the chiropractor, which I don't go to a chiropractor, but you know, if that is your mentality, then instead, why don't you empower yourself and learn more about your body and the ripple effect of that? If you understand your body better, how powerful is that going to be for your daughter? If you have a daughter or your just your children, right? Because now you know how your body works and you know, men also have a pelvic floor. It's just, we're just talking about women mostly because women have babies and theirs is definitely affected, but you don't have to have had a baby to have issues. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's another good point. You know, that we all have, yeah, we all have those four parts of the abdominal system and, and the, and those kind of core muscles. So yeah, men have it too. That's really a good point. This is so insightful. And I completely, like I, kind of gather where you're coming from too, just from being athletic and understanding like sometimes like if I'm running, how to engage other muscles to get through points of soreness or get through those break, those barrier points when you're on like that mile to coming up on that next mile. So it's similar thinking, but this is more, you know, again, honing into the very specific to help with a very specific case and very specific type of muscle. So I, I love this. I think this is going to be such a great wake-up call for, I hope this has been a great wake-up call for everyone listening that is just even just tuning in. Even if you're not having any leakage right now, like tuning in, this knowledge is now yours. And if that ever comes about, you know where to turn to to take those next steps before it starts to affect your quality of life. And so that's really huge. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share with our audience before we close out this episode? This has been such a joy. So if you are in that boat and you want to fix bladder leakage, you want to stop peeing your pants, even if it's a little dribble and it's like, you got to get, you don't want that to be your future, you know, then and you want to be able to run and jump on the trampoline without needing to change your clothes. I can help you. You know, we put together your personalized game plan, figure out where you're at so that you can get specific direction in a way that, you know, will give you very efficient and dramatic results. And so all you have to do, you just book a call with me. We'll go over what's what's working, what's not working, what things you've tried. You can go to www.bladderleaksolution.com slash apply. I love it. Thank you so much for this incredible three-part series, you guys. I have been loving you, Angela. Thank you so much for this. And we will definitely uh, get our listeners linked up. And thank you so much. Again, I know I've said it, said it, said it, because it's just something I feel like we, it's simple, it's approachable, it's effective. And that is what we need more of in today's day and age. When we're busy with our kids, we're busy running around to just have simple solutions. So again, thank you. Take care guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast 
so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. Also, you can find us on social media by searching Checkable Health. We look forward to seeing you again soon.